0: In Arizona, our resources are scarce, forcing desert dwellers to get creative with everything from fashion to transportation. This season, we're talking to people who are doing their
1: part to keep this state sustainable.
0: This is In Focus, a podcast from Cronkite News, the news division of Arizona PBS. I'm Alexandra Watts. And I'm Atlin
1: Hassard. For our first episode, we're looking at people who find creative solutions, which is really what sustainability is all about.
0: On this first episode, we're looking at solutions that are both sustainable and creative, And all season, we'll be featuring voices from those who utilize creativity in how they work, play, and live. Right now, let's meet a vinyl record maker in Tucson. Busy at work pressing records, this is how Michael Dixon is sustainable.
2: This is a Tucson artist called, named Casey Golden, and it's his new single which comes out on April 20th. I'm making a total of 65 psychedelic dip painted records. My name is Michael Dixon. I make vinyl records out of strange materials. I also go out to events, festivals, parties, and cut records live on site. I've worked with probably over 400, 500 artists at this point. I worked with everybody from Justin Timberlake, the Isley Brothers, the Flaming Lips, Granddaddy, Little Yachty, 2 Chains. For my personal kind of vanity project, my record label, I love working with small unknown bands. Those bands are also usually open to doing something kind of weird and different. And a lot of times they have great ideas that we can kind of collaborate on to make something really unique. I love to actually let trash determine the direction of a project. So a lot of times I will find something and approach an artist with the concept and say, hey, what do you want to do with this? I love the idea of taking something that other people would would consider to be trash and actually turning it into something that people want to keep. I get inspired by finding weird papers and weird materials, taking them and, and turning them into packaging for the record. I'm not saving the world by using up these books, but by making an art piece that is upcycled and made from trash, it at least does a little bit to keep things out of the landfill. And hopefully it inspires other people to use trash and um, or at least be conscious of what they throw away.
0: So something that was really cool about that story was when you think of sustainability, I don't think you think about music or vinyl records. So not only is it a creative approach to sustainability, but it's sustainability in a creative context as well. And
1: Alex, on that same track of interesting ways to be sustainable, what are some other ways people can do so?
0: Well, you can be sustainable with animals as well. When you think of the bees in Arizona, you probably don't think about sustaining them. You probably think about getting rid of them. But I talked with a few people who work with bees, and there's a way to be sustainable and be a beekeeper too. This is a very nice, strong hive. The first person we met is Osman Kaptinoglu. He works at the lab, and there are two portions of this lab. They have the outdoors with the hive. And then inside, they have this glass panel just filled with bees on either side. and we were trying to find the queen. And it was honestly like a very hard version of Where's Waldo? Because they all look the same. Oh, here she is, I found her. And she laid an egg. And then when we finally found the queen, she has like a dot on her body. And the reason they put the dot on her is to track. The dots are important for the queen bees. It's kind of like their crown. If your hive's queen has a dot on her, then she's legit. And if your queen in the hive does not have a dot on her body, then that's not your European queen. And that means your hive has been Africanized. So then there's this other beekeeper. His name is Roy Arnold, and he took me to see his hives at agave farms.
3: Come on, I I promise you you gonna get stuck.
0: And what he does is something called requeening. And what a beekeeper does is they put in another queen. The queen bee's genes and temperament gradually take over a hive. And in Arizona, the requeening process helps address the problem of aggressive bees.
3: Requeening here in Arizona, I feel is probably the number one thing that uh, small beekeepers need to keep on top
0: of. And it's interesting in Arizona, because I think if you talk to a lot of native Arizonans about bees in general, there's this perception that they're mean, they're going to kill you, they're going to swarm you. So in the mid 1950s in a lab in Brazil, there was an experiment going on to make the ultimate bee, breeding European honeybees and Africanized honeybees. The end goal was to make a better, stronger bee, but one day on complete accident, the bees were just released to the world and they're still out there today. A
3: new species will threaten their very existence. Oh
1: my God. Killer
2: bees.
0: So now in Arizona, 95% of bees have some form of an Africanized trait. And so when they invaded us, there was a lot of good traits that came with
3: it. And one of them is the heat tolerance that they have. They also reproduce very quickly. One of my first jobs that, when the Africanized gene came across. That's what they taught us, is to just
0: kill them. And so lots of exterminators start calling us too. They get a job. That's Cricket Aldridge, another beekeeper and gardener who works with Roy. I just had one call me. They said there's bees and asked if I would come look at it. The beekeeper takes out the old queen and replaces her with a new queen bee. And if it's successful, the hive begins its gradual change.
3: What happens is that I put them back in the same box that the other one came out of and I will hold her for a few days until I'm absolutely positive that the other one has been accepted. If she gets killed or and I don't have another one to put in, I will put the old queen back in.
0: Royal Queen's in the desert where hives can change without harming people and animals. Because if you have it just like by a school or a residential area, you can't wait six weeks for something to maybe happen the queen bee's offspring will be more gentle and then their offspring will be more gentle and then. Our hives are sending out drones to mate with the other feral queens that are out there. So we're, if we're sending out um, bees that have European genes that are nice, then we're actually helping the whole population. So I think that we're changing it if we take care of our own times. So I produced and reported the story for Cronkite News. I was wondering if you had any stories regarding sustainability and creativity. Most definitely. Uh, We traveled to different textile recycling plants in the Valley, and it was really cool. Got
1: an inside look at what they're doing to make sure no clothes go to waste.
3: Those run seven days a week. I want to say like 14 or 15 hours a day. The baling just, like, never stops.
1: I met Vern Dunn. He's the vice president of logistics and recycling. I saw these balers, and these balers are these giant, like, 1,200-pound machines. And what they do is compress the unsold textiles that don't go through the clearance center, and they're sold on the open market around the world.
3: We change out half the store at a time. So we'll do the front half and then fill fill it back in with new product, and everybody attacks it.
1: About half of what comes to Goodwill is able to be sold at a Goodwill location. So all the Goodwill clothes that got rejected come to the clearance center. They dump them in these massive blue bins. We call them Gaylords. They hold about 240 pounds worth of clothes, and there's like a dozen of them in the clearance center. And they shift each of them out about five times a day. So you can do the math there, it's a lot of clothes. We divert about
3: 146 million pounds from the landfill.
1: Goodwill gets close to 200 million pounds of donations every year. So I was reading from this association, the secondary materials and recycled textiles that an average American will throw away like 80 pounds of clothing a year. And doing the math, that is 16 million tons of textile waste annually. Phoenix fibers converts unsold clothes into bales to be used later for other materials that's their entire operation rather than a small part of it so they have a lot bigger machines and they have a lot more resources to do a lot of different things with these clothes
2: so each step opens that denim up a little bit more pretty much back to the original cotton uh, consistency it's just blue
1: So we talked to Steve Johnson. He's the plant manager there at Phoenix Fibers. What's really interesting is that they use these uh, guillotines to kind of shred the uh, unwanted clothes apart, kind of just really get them chopped up nice and neat.
2: So the jeans go in whole. They get chopped perpendicular from each other with these two guillotines. At this point, as you can see, we get it down to a job
1: phoenix fibers they try to be zero waste they use everything for another thing
2: all the metal that we extract we sell the recycled metal recyclers so this is all the buttons rivets zippers that we extract out of the jeans
1: these cylinders kind of turn the the jeans up. They are uh, more massive in operation than what Goodwill has.
2: They weigh about 1,800 pounds, and they rotate at 70 miles an hour.
1: After the clothing goes through those huge cylinders, it comes out as this huge 500-pound bale. And then what happens with that bale is they'll they get it ready to be moved on to their sister company, Bonded Logic. So at Bonded Logic, what they'll do is they'll pull the fiber out and, They'll fluff it, they'll treat it with some protectant, and then they'll bake it, they'll get it really hot, and then they take this massive wheel and they'll start cutting it.
3: We take reprocessed old blue jeans after they've been turned back into fiber and then we convert them into thermal and acoustical insulations. So that's Todd
1: Keen. He's the co-founder of Bonded Logic.
3: Some of the attributes and physical characteristics of our product versus traditional types of insulation would be it's user-friendly. There's no itch. Um, You can install and handle our insulation
1: with your bare hands. Spotted Logic makes non-toxic products. They're really great for use in green buildings, and the ways that they make them are much better for the environment. The EPA says about 12 and half percent out of all clothing waste is actually recycled. Apparently, it's not very good for these clothes to be sitting in landfills because they produce such a high level of methane gas, the third most after fossil fuel production and livestock
3: there's only a limited amount of landfill space and carbon footprints very large um, and especially large metropolitan areas so any little bit we do including textiles is going to make a difference. I feel the reason that there's not more textile recycling is just old habits die hard and it's um, easy to just put things out of sight out of mind not many people know there are other uses for for clothing and textiles, but um, obviously that's something we're proud of.
1: King says he makes your bonded logic is a zero-waste facility and that everything gets used for something else. That story was produced by me, Atlan Hassard, with all Creative Commons music used from Pottington Bear. That's
0: it for this episode of In Focus. Stay tuned for our next episode, which focuses on animals and conservation.
1: For more sustainability coverage, visit News.azpbs.org and follow us on social media at Cronkite News.
0: This podcast is produced as part of Elemental, a new multimedia collaboration between Cronkite News, Arizona PBS, KJZZ, KPCC, Rocky Mountain PBS, and PBS SoCal.